Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. A wild day yesterday. I think we all knew Ron Rivera was coming. Certainly uh, we knew that the Ron Rivera news was coming. Um, And then the Bob Myers and Chris Spielman news came. Washington clearly on Black Monday was the busiest news-wise of all 32 uh, teams, given all of the information that leaked with respect to those that they are requesting interviews with. Uh, John Keim was on the beat and was working hard uh, yesterday. Of course, John writes for and covers the team for years uh, for ESPN at John underscore Kime. He joins us courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. All right, so um, we'll get to the what's next and concentrate primarily on that in this conversation. But I wanted to look back on two things. The first is this. You've been covering this team longer than anyone on the beat. Was this year's team the worst you've ever seen? I think so. Um, it's it's hard. <clears throat> you know, there are only <laughs> there are, there are a few choices in yes. this in this scenario, <clears throat> and you know, it, but you'd have to go back. Like 2013 was really bad, but it wasn't like you look at it at the end of that year too. There were still better games that they were playing, right? And it was such a that game, that season got away from them in part because of all the quarterback stuff. And, you know, and, and, and it's funny because like, and I go, I'm going to focus on that one for a second because they're coming off such a good year. And, and people like me thought like, Oh, could they could get to the championship game this year because, you know, Robert's just different and blah, blah, blah. But I remember talking to a coach on that staff one time after the fact, and he's like, yeah, going, going to camp, he had told, Somebody's like, this is going to be, it's going to be horrible. Like, oh, you're just, you know, you're just, you know, pre-training camp stuff. He goes, no, I'm telling you, it's going to be really bad. It's like some of them knew going in, in hindsight. I don't think that was the case this year. I think they thought they'd at least be an eight or be about an eight or nine win team, right? They really didn't have more than that um, in them, I don't think. But I think it was this, the way it unfolded and the way the defense cratered was bad. And then, the, you know, then you have like the issue, whether, you know, issues with players and the enemy. And then it was just a lack of competitiveness in a handful of games and a number of points they allowed. And it was just, to me, it was the worst because it was just bad football to watch. And I think that's what made it, it's hard. I'd be hard pressed, Kevin, to find something worse, even in years where they were really like, even in, even in the, the Gruden firing year, they, they made things interesting at the end of the year, you know, um, there was nothing interesting at the end of this year. And even as someone who has to talk about this stuff like yourself, um, it got to the point like, well, what do you even talk about? You know, because we knew we got to a point where Sam Howe's development was not as going to be as important to the future as it was to which pick do you get? Do you know what I mean? Like, so could you really focus on Howe and his development in week 16 when you know, pretty good chance he's not going to be the guy in the future. Right. So it's just like, it was one thing after another was just like, it was just, it was brutal. And I think I'd be really hard pressed to find a worst year. Yeah. That's a really good point too, because you know, even when it became clear, maybe it was after the Chicago game that this was not going to be a good football team this year, the Sam Howell storyline was still a big storyline. And even that faded really kind of after Thanksgiving, you know, yep. um, to, or maybe after that second giant game, and that became kind of a a boring uh, narrative as well, because I think most reasonable reasonable people saw a guy that more likely than not wasn't going to be 
the future yeah. of yeah, the franchise. He had, to make it a no, he had to make it a no-brainer to continue with a yeah. new staff. So once you knew, once you knew for sure that this staff is not going to be here, um, then it's like, well, do you make it a no-brainer for another staff? And you can't put it, you can't leave it like, oh, well, maybe we could do this. You can't leave it like that. It had to be a no-brainer. And I think like Hall can still play in this league, and he can yeah. play for a while. But for when you're having this is the discussion wasn't so much is he you know because I hate the term trash like the guy has skills and he has yes. stuff he has to work on period that doesn't mean he should be the future of the team and it doesn't mean he should be out of the league which just seems to be the only choices for a lot of the, a lot of people <laughs> but yeah. but when you have a new staff what you know is you have the number two you you knew you're going to get like a top four pick. So you're going to get your choice of one of the top three quarterbacks. You're going to get a shot at them. And then you, have, so then you have a new staff that has no ties to you at all, front office, coaching staff, ownership. Do you really think they're going to say, yes, we're just going to roll with this and pass up on a quarterback because people, fans say we need to tackle? No, that's not how it works, right? And, um, and not, listen, fans not always say that. We all know that. But the point is you're going to, you're going to get your guy in there and build around them Unless you just, unless you were just like was sold on him beforehand, but he had to make it a no-brainer, and that's not what happened. And I like I yeah, said, I think he's got traits to build on. Yeah, what really also kind of accelerated the yeah, we don't think so for even those people that were hardcore howlers was you know oh my god we could be in the running for a top five pick Correct. oh my god right. we could be in the running for a top three pick we we have the number two pick so right. that exactly. became a big that, part of the storyline exactly. too exactly yeah. exactly um so the other looking back question for you is just give me the number one reason and dan snyder can't be the reason because that's clearly no. the number one anybody that was going to take a job with dan snyder was never going to succeed but what was the number one reason after that that ron rivera failed and failed so miserably here well i think first of all this is ties into the Snyder thing but it's the coach-centric model was not a good i think very few coaches can pull it off because i think you know you have to i i I think you have to have very strong um, convictions about how things have to be done and very consistent with that, right? Um, but I think it's just a very, very difficult model to pull off. And um, uh, I remember talking to a prominent, prominent coaching agent after, shortly after that was that, you know, that the initial press conference with Rivera. He's like, I would never, I would never tell my guys to take that because he goes, it's just, it's impossible. You know what I mean? Like, and very few have pulled off. So I think you start there because that then bleeds into everything else. Yeah. And then, you know, I think you can look at it with, with, with Ron and say, like, I think there were times he was probably, this is a very good trait as a human. And I think it makes him, it's why a lot of people really, really like and respect him. But I think he's also like very, very optimistic about everything. And so when you are, sometimes I think you're slow to react to, needing to make a change here or there instead of like, Hey, if we just do this, it's going to be better. You know, if we just like this guy did this here, he can still do it. He can still do it. Then you find out that this is just who he is. And then, so by then maybe you've lost a couple more games or you just had the wrong guy. Right. And I, you know, it could be a coach, Sam Mills. There were issues with that, with him and the D line from the beginning. Yeah. And it took, a, it took almost three, about three years to make a change. And, you know, so I think there's like the optimism, the, I think the, there was an emphasis on loyalty that I don't think really helped him build maybe exactly what he needed if you're going to be in that prominent, prominent role. And so I think there's, I think that's a lot of it. That's just, and those are bigger than, you know, that all ties into, you know, you never really built the line. And, you know, there were sometimes there were shifting, um, somewhat shifting philosophies with that. But I think that's where, if, 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 you know, if he came to this organization now, I think we'd see a different situation because you'd have maybe an Adam Peters or someone like that running the show and saying, you know, this is what we're, you know what I mean? And, and having more collaboration with no, him. It's, not having, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. It's like, you know, rather than have a more discerning or critical eye for his own work, his own decisions, he consistently traded that for, 
you know, optimism that at times was delusional. Yeah, I think it was. It, it, I think it. I think even he would probably admit that that can trip him up at times because he will, he missed like he's a big time optimist. And I, like I said, yeah. as a person, he went through cancer. That's a good thing to be an optimist. You know what I mean? And I think sure. it's a good way to and to live life. But when you're trying to evaluate decisions in football, it's not that you. And I think I've seen coaches who are the other way, who are like way too critical and and this and this and right and more doom and gloom. Yeah, and like I, you know, there was I think there were some people here, you know, that maybe Chris Russell loved a lot as a defensive coordinator who would kind of cast aside guys the minute they did something like I'm done with them, and I don't think that's a great way to go either. Leave but Chris out I of think, this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to bring him in. I don't but, even know who but, you're talking about. Who who did who did he love that was 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 more uh, doom and gloom. I don't know. He just has to be quiet a little bit at times about it. But okay. um, all right. You know, so like, I, I so no, but I get I, your I, over. Like, and listen, and, yeah. and I don't. I don't mean like. And I think that can be okay too because it allows you to then move on from guys. But I think there's a middle ground, and I don't think they had. Yeah. I think Ron would be more middle ground with things. Um, or that's where, or have somebody above you who can say no, we can't do this because like this guy has shown. He can't do this. I know what you saw in practice, but this isn't what he is in games. And, you know, so they're, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever, you know what I mean? Like that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that is something where, again, a having somebody above you, it was like when, when Spurrier was here, you know, he was in the wrong organization because you had, you didn't have people who could really help him, even though they felt like they were like, you know, Ron Wolf, even after he was here would say, I think I, st- I still think I would hire this guy because I think with what I can do with what he can do, it would be a better mix. I don't think so having been around him, but the point is like, you need to have some, you need to have that strong front office structure mm-hmm. to, to really, you know, to, to help guide you. And then to, and to make it clear, Kevin, that this is the person in charge. This is the person who coaches. And this is what, this is the philosophy, right? And not have any sort of bleeding, of lines or like, well, who's in charge of this aspect or that aspect? I think it's just because of the core. That's why it's very hard. And I think, to be honest, I think in hindsight, you know, if you're Rivera, I don't think he'd have taken it like that, like with that setup, knowing, right. knowing what he knows now, I don't think he would have taken it because I think he knows it's just way more for one person than, than you can handle. And, and it's just, is there different, there are different hats that you have to put on. Yeah, he should have considered the idea of coach-centric to be more interesting rather than important. Um, but, I, maybe... but I also think like that was something. My understanding was like it's what Dan wanted. Because, and I, well, of is, course, because Dan was yeah, he wanted to he wanted to grab something that 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 he could you know promote on Happy Thanksgiving Day, um, and he got stuck on that because he hadn't tried before. And this is the ultimate problem with yeah. that. Well, he did yeah. with Marty. Well, well, but yeah, and it didn't work then either. But right. but it was also, you know, but he um, with um, with the difference between there and now is you have an owner who has a strong belief in how you want to set up an organization, yep. Yep. and I think that absolutely matters. Okay, let's focus now on the future, which really to me yesterday was the beginning of the Josh Harris ownership as yeah. as it relates to the football franchise. Let's start with Bob Myers and Chris Spielman. What do you yeah. know about what their roles will be? Um, again, it's the advisory on the search committee. And I think my it's, it does sound like Spielman will be here through the search, getting it set up, and then kind of jumping off. I think with Myers will be around for a little bit longer. How long? I don't know. It could be through the season. Um, you know, but I, I, with these higher or with these bringing people on, there's a couple of things. You know, I kept hearing they're going to be thinking outside the box. And so you don't like, what does that mean? And I think that's where the Myers thing comes into play. And because like, he's obviously not an NFL guy, but what you have in this group that I think, they're going to rely on is strong people who have built strong organizations. You know, uh, Josh Harris has Mitch rails has, you know, magic Johnson has David Blitzer has, and Bob Myers has too. And so it's, 
it's not just identifying who's the best football coach, but who, first and foremost, who's the best leader, who can help us build the organization that is, can get you to a championship. And I, so I think like, you know, from that standpoint, I think that's really good to have all those leaders. I also wonder, there's so many of them. Does that create any sort of a, um, you know, are there, are there too many, you know, cooks in the kitchen with that? I don't, right. these guys, and that's like one thing I, I wonder, I don't think I worry about that as much as I wonder about that. Like there's a lot of voices in there, but I also think like with Spielman, you have all these guys outside of football who have built all this. Well, this is a guy who knows football. And, right. He's the one. He's the one where it's like, okay, you guys, this is the leader you guys want. Now, here, here are three or four of them you want. Now, let's ask some football questions. Let's ask, like, how, what do you believe in, like, the trend of the game? And, and, you know, this defense, that defense, this offense, why do you like this offense? Why do you want to hire this kind of a coach? You can now boil it down. Now you can winnow it down into football. So I think that's where I, – I think the other thing that jumped out with Josh Harris yesterday, and it has throughout the time, Unlike, and this is always a comparison to the past because it's so dramatically different and it's just, it's, it's remarkable. But one guy who has been involved in sports his whole life understands what he doesn't know. The other guy who was not involved in sports until he was an owner never knew what he didn't know and just was arrogant about it. And I think, you know, when you operate a certain way, when you say, okay, I know I've built this over here. It doesn't mean I can build this over here but I know how to hire the right people. That's what then. So what do you do? You hire the right people and you let them go. And I think that's one of the things that you see from Harris, even in the press conference yesterday, which is, um, you know, understanding we don't know. Now, will it be, will, would these hires be guaranteed success? No, because it never is. And sometimes like, what if it takes him a couple hires as it has other owners and as it has for him and other ventures, like, you know, so what if it does, but if your approach is the consistent one and you don't shift it all the time, then I think you have a better chance for success than, than the other way around by far a better chance. So, you know, again, no guarantees don't know. Cause we don't even know who they're hiring yet. Just interviewing a lot of people and they're being very aggressive yep. and proactive, but there's still a long way to go to decide like, are, and I know people outside here from whether it's, you know, people in the league or other, other guys who represent coaches or executives feel like this is a really good job because of that. But as I was talking to someone last night, like you still don't know how good they're going to be as owners because they just got here. Right. Yeah. Um, but like you said, there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen right now, and that is the opposite of what we used to see. See, Correct. look, the, the tie to Bob Myers is obvious, you know, the NBA um, uh, familiarity. Where was the connection to Spielman? Who had that connection? Um, jeez, I know this, and I, I'm just now forgetting. Was it know, Bernie? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was a strong, strong connection. I just, I know that Kevin. I'm drawing a blank here because okay. I, I know this, and like I know, I know that there are some. Um, I was talking to someone last night who is like, you know, really good knows that Rick is really good friends with his client, um, and so like this, there. You know, I apologize. I'm drawing That's a okay. blank right now. I was just <laughs> curious how Spielman's name kind of yeah. popped out, out of it yesterday. I mean, he's been around the NFL for a while. Well, I, I mean, I think it's also part of it. And, um, you know, like he's out of the game, but he, yep. and I think he, and he was in the game for a long time. And so, you know, that's it. But I know, I know that, you know, you know, a lot of times, like a lot of these guys know each other. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it's fine. It's I, fine. I was just yeah, curious if you knew for a long time. I mean, I think it would make sense. Like, you know, whether it's Martin who was in the same division, um, Herney who had been around a long time, but, um, you know, yeah. yeah. So I apologize. I don't All right. Great no, answer. no worries. John Kime is joining us, of course. Uh, so let's get to the lists, um, of <clears throat> yeah. GMs first and then coaches uh peters cunningham hallaby borgonzi cook and now will mcclay i don't think i'm missing anybody off of the list of reports how many more names do you think will be added to the request to interview list a and then b do you think that there are any favorites among the spielman myers search committee group 
I, I can't say that I know there are any favorites. I do know that like Myers has pretty good ties to Adam Peters, right. you know, being out in the Bay area, we used to be around a facility, a decent, at least I say a decent amount. I don't know how much it means. I do know he would be around the 49ers facility at times and has a, seems to have a good relationship with him. Now, is that the end all be all for it? I don't, I don't think so, but it certainly helps because you know, the guy, you know what he's capable of. Um, you have a good sense of who he is. So I, my understanding is like you get through this and, there's two things, Kevin. One, as, as Harris said, rapid but thorough process. His MO in the past with other teams that he has is when you want a guy, you're aggressive getting the guy and, and courting the guy. And, uh, you know, we saw that, you know, we've seen that here in the past with free agents. But I think it's like, you know, it's like you, you want to have a list and you go get it. It's like if you, you get through a few of these interviews, they're going to talk to Bogazi. I think it's today. Peter should be very soon, you know, sometime this week. So you may get to the end of the week where you're like, this is the guy that we want. It just confirms it. And then it, you can go from there. So if you don't get through that, then I would think that early next week you may see some more names. Um, because, But I think this is certainly the first wave. And then you go from there. I mean, there's – there are going to be other guys that I know like that Harris talked to, for example, at the accelerator program, guys like Champ Kelly, who's with the Raiders. Um, could, could you see some more there? There's a couple other names that I've heard, even from the Eagles, um, uh, you know, that like are guys that you say they would be on someone's list, you know, that um, there's a guy like Jake Rosenberg with the Eagles that I've heard good things about, but also that, you know, if, if somebody's looking for something, he may be a guy that teams start to look at in a second wave, for example. So, and it, I, you know, Catherine Race from the Browns is a, is a name that you'd hear that teams may have some interest in for certain roles, but it's not a, they're not on the initial list. So would they be on a second wave if you get to the point? Here's the other problem. The other thing, Kevin, is that, you know, right now they still have a general manager, Martin Mayhew. And so, the, you know, are, they're interviewing people for like that president of football ops, and then – then you determine, do you also want to hire a GM or would that person handle both duties? And then, then you go from there. So it could depend too on how do you see like, cause they're, they're the ideal setup is president football ops, GM coach. But I think, you know, it does sound like there's some flexibility with Harris where if you wanted like with the devils, they have Tom Fitzgerald who has both titles. And so does Martin Berdur has a, as a, um, a senior a VP of ops, um, for hockey. Right. Um, but you know, you could have one person handling those two roles and may, or maybe getting another assistant in there for them. So then it, so I think once you get through this, then you can say, okay, this is where they want to go with this job. Now we know what they want to do with the others. And here's where, here's other people they may be interested in for that. Well, I want to ask you about that because I think you've added a, a, a new wrinkle to this, something that, you know, we discussed previously, but not in the last 24 hours. So they didn't mention that they're trying to hire a general manager. They mentioned they're they're trying to hire right. a head of football ops. Right. So you think that the Adam Peters, Cunningham, Hallaby, Borgonzi, Cook, Will McClay list is to become the president of football operations, essentially the number one football decision maker in the organization. And then there would potentially be a GM underneath that potentially yes and i don't know that all of them are necessarily for that but i what i know is they don't have a gm opening right now and so if you're going to be interviewing for gms you should probably make a change at general manager and i know like all because what he has said is that they want to hire the president of football ops who then makes the decision on how they want to set it up mm-hmm. and and with who and so so yeah it's, it's very it's also it's it's just as possible that you're interviewing for them and seeing, and then while also interviewing for potential GMs to make sure it's a fit. So I think it's a dual, you know, if you're, if it were me, it's a dual situation where I'm interviewing for like, yeah, we want this first ops, but also like, we're going to like Ian Cunningham, you know, is he's been an assistant GM. Is he ready for that high of a role, you know, or someone else like, you know, but you also would want them as a GM. So you're you're kind of killing two birds with one stone with some of these interviews. Yeah, I mean, like Will McClay is technically, I guess, the VP of player personnel or the GM. Stephen right. Jones is actually 
the head of football operations along with right. Jerry. I mean, their their organization's a little bit different. I'm trying to think of something that would be you know comparable to that setup. I know that there are a couple of them uh, in the league. Um, that's interesting. Okay, so real quickly too on the GM candidates, do you think Peters is the most sought after of those that they've reached so. out to? Yes, I think so because based on everybody I've talked to in the league, like that's always the first two names you hear for that search and the coach, Adam Peters and Ben Johnson. And then, you know, so that, yes, I would say he would be the one um, has had a key role in building the Niners. And I know John Lynch has, has been the GM, but he's the guy that behind the scenes has done a lot of work. And like a lot of, like a lot of the draft success you can trace back to him from people I've talked to out there. So, yes, I do think he's the guy. The question for him has always been, would he leave? And earlier this year, it's like, you talk to people out there, it's like, I don't know if he'd leave. And, like, clearly he's willing to leave because he's accepting the interview. That's a big deal, obviously. And so, you know, he's from out there. But I think, you know, and the other thing is, like, the Niners are willing to have been willing to promote him and because they bumped John Lynch up too. But are you ever going to have the power that you could have here working for an owner who just got here in a in a market that's like it's really good for football um you know where it's it's, you know you talk to other people it's like it's untapped potential here and um i know the this the harris group feels like that but so do other people from outside here like they feel like like that so you have a chance to come here and build something is that more um, appealing to you than maintaining um, success somewhere else i don't know we'll see yeah, um, I, I was just looking through the list. Something like a Kevin Demoff and a Les Snead situation would be comparable to yeah. what you're talking about. Kevin Demoff yeah. really is the head of football operations. Les Snead has a GM title. Well, and, you know, like so the, it be... and I know, right. And, but you also look at like the Harris groups and like the 76ers. Daryl Morey is the president of basketball operations. Elton Brand is a GM. Right. So who, who's, you know – it was Daryl Morey's decision to to recommend to yeah, fire Doc Rivers. Right, this Jeremy will be the top so... football decision maker in the organization. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So let's go to the coaches. Um, same <laughs> question. Uh, how many more names will get added to the list? And then B, do you think there are any favorites at this point? Um, I think a few more will probably get added because <clears throat> I think, first of all, there's only a couple offensive names on that list. So Only I don't two. think you're going to – yeah. Well, you don't have Harbaugh on your list. There was the report yesterday yeah, about the – Not yet. Not yeah. yet. Not yet. And then, and I, my understanding before now was, is it how strong or how real is it? I don't think I could get that sense. Um, certainly his name has been pushed for several years, and you have people in the game who are like, yeah, every year he wants people to push his name out there. So if you're doing that, you're going to push your name for a lot of jobs. Because I, it's, you know, but I do know that the other day it was like, I don't know how, whether it's real or not, like, is it, you know, is it more like, okay, we probably should versus there's real strong interest for whatever, you know, I mean, obviously he's a very good coach, but is he something, someone that would have the long-term success here that you want? If you want a guy who's going to be here, you know, possibly the 10 year run or whatever, the ideal situation I don't know that he's your guy because after a few years he wears himself out. He wears out his welcome. Yeah, but those few and years you go forty-four, really nineteen, and one. I know, I know, I know. He's a like, listen. He's, there's there's a lot of Marty Schottenheimer type in him, which is he's Very a really good, good coach. Good, he's good, get yeah, your, short shelf level. life with yeah, front and office that's people. Marty too. Yeah. It is, but yep. so the, so that's why I say I think you know there have been some other big names that are easy to dismiss. Harbaugh is like to me is like there's there has to be a level of intrigue there because of success, because he wants to come to the NFL. But if you're Harbaugh, do you, would you rather go? Cause like, if you're looking at it, how patient can he be in a situation? And do you have like other options that may be more ready for more success? And I think that's the thing you'd want about from his end um, as well. And like, you know, you know, I mean, is, is uh, the chargers, maybe a better spot to have early success than these guys, which may take a few years to, to get it back up. So, you know, I don't know, but I don't, I can't, I'm certainly not dismissing that one at all. It's just that I don't know yet 
Got it. Um, Have you dismissed Belichick? Yes. Okay. Um, Is there any other big name that should be dismissed or included as a possibility? Not yet. Not that I've heard. So I think Ben Johnson is a guy that everybody would put at the top of their list. It doesn't mean that he'll be the guy because you still have to have the right fit. So it just, it also seems Kevin, like with this coaching search outside of, again, Harbaugh is the big right now is the big name that could be available. Um, Beyond that, it could be a beauty in the eye of the beholder. Like I think there's some guys that are on the list, like, you know, with Frank Smith from Miami an OC down there, Would he be a guy? Because I think there are, I, I definitely know people who really like him as a candidate for any job. But is it, is it a year too early? And what is that, you know, like, was Sean McVay hired a year too early? Well, Sean had probably more experience in certain roles. But, you know, I think there's going to be some of that. Like, is Bobby Slowick? That's an interesting one because, you know, how much – C.J. Stroud is a damn good quarterback. How much of this – how much of the success is the one year with, with Slowick? And, you know, um, versus what Stroud can do as a passer. But Slower comes from a tree that has done very well. And, you know, he's a football lifer. So, like, there, there are things there. That and they've got the number two pick. pick. And they've got the number two pick, like the Texans did last year. And they're going to take a quarterback. So, you look at all those things. And, but I am, the, the surprise for me, Kevin, is the five, that five of them are defensive coordinators, which yeah. I like from the standpoint of don't turn away what could be a really good coach, but if you hire a defensive guy, you better have a really, really good plan. It also seems to run counter to an analytics-based move that you have that many um, that you're going to interview, but if it's the best guy, then you hire the best guy, but they better have a damn good plan for the offensive side of the ball to develop a young quarterback. I played the Josh Harris uh, answer to the Eric Bieniemy question yesterday, and I, I think a lot of fans are interested in this, which is why I'll just ask you as well. He didn't discount anything, in part because Bieniemy's still under contract. But what right. do you think happens with Bieniemy? Yeah, I have a hard time seeing him be back. But you know, you, if you hire Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or another offensive coach. There's no chance. Like, why? Why? Why would he be? Because, um, it's it's not. They're, they're, they're it's their offense. You're not bringing another guy to run your offense. And I don't think you know, based on the approach, I think with Sam Howell this year, and having a young guy drop back as much as he did, it was seemed to really develop him. So I don't think – I think I'd be surprised if he were back. Okay. Um, right. And it just – you know, and like, you know, I mean, he, I think sometimes you're – sometimes guys are better fits with young players versus more established or, or whatever, you know, or I don't know. But I would have – I don't – I until we know who the coach is or yeah. the, whatever it is, it's hard it's, – I'm not saying 100%. I just know, like, if you hire an offensive coach, no. If you hire a defensive guy, you know – I think you look at it, but I would be, I would still be surprised. And I don't know, like based on this year, what's the, what's the clamoring to have him right. back? I mean, it's, right. it's, it's, not, it's not all his fault, but like, yeah, it's not like the offense was great. Right. I mean, it's I, I'm 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 with you on this. Um, there's, a lot right, of, got, there's a lot of I got, things that go into. I got sixty seconds here, so. The thing that nobody's talked about, nobody even asked Josh Harris about this yesterday. What about the other side of the building? Are there going to be changes there or not? <clears throat> not, I don't believe so as of now because, and he even asked when he's asked about the rebrand, it's all like, you want to get the football side in shape because that's mm-hmm. that everything else then kind of takes care of itself, right? If you have the football side, you can sell more tickets. <laughs> so, you know, but this, and this is an immediate need. So, the sense I've gotten would be that like, you're going to look at that later on down the road. And okay. with, that's obviously the Jason Wright side. But so that would be, you know, maybe in the spring you look at it differently or maybe, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know when his contract is up at some point this year, I think, but I don't know for sure. So maybe at that point you start talking about things before that. But there's really no need today right now to do anything other than get the football side in shape. And, like, you know, I know, like, some people think they can do everything at once, but your focus needs to be on this right now. All right. And no money involved, no going back and saying you were wrong. 
I, I know you hate to do this, but I want on today, January 9th, your strongest hunch on GM and coach. Who do they end up with? I think they get Peters. Because I think like this guy's MO is, this is the guy you want, this is the guy you get. Um, okay, and, and the coach that ben, follows I'll, is? I'll, right now I'll say Ben Johnson because, again, primary target, and you have, then I think you compare your Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch together. Um, so that's just, like, if I had to roll the dice, just based on how Josh Harris has operated in the past, I think this is an attractive job, Kevin, um, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. That, and it gives, young, it gives a young executive and a young coach a lot of security knowing you have an owner who will not fire you within two years if it's not turned around. So I'll tell you, John, what made it even more attractive, not exponentially, but almost was the number two pick in the draft. Oh, Um, If you're Ben Johnson, let's say he loves Drake may from Carolina, by the way, um, then, you know, like that's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, the greatest quarterback in the history of this franchise went to a North Carolina school, just the rival. That would be Duke, Sonny Jurgensen. All right, uh, you're the best. Thanks for doing this. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Kevin. John Keim, everybody. Up next, two of the names on the coaching list are Ravens assistants. Bobby Trossett, our good friend from Baltimore, uh, will tell us about both of those gentlemen. We'll talk some Ravens as they get ready for their bye week in the postseason as well. Kevin Sheehan, show the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Two of the names on the coaching list that Washington has requested interviews with are both on the Baltimore Ravens staff. Of course, with the best record in football, they've got a first-round bye. Uh, so they will not be participating in Super Wild Card Weekend. They will host a divisional round game a week from Saturday or Sunday against perhaps Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. That would be 
uh, interesting in the same way that Matt Stafford going back to Detroit is interesting this weekend. Bobby Trossett's a good friend. Bobby hosts The Vault, a daily Ravens podcast with Sarah Ellison. Uh, you can follow Bobby on Trossett at Bobby Baltimore E. So it's Baltimore with another E on it. Um, I thought of you just because there's only one team where there are two names that Washington's reached out. Actually, that's not true because they Ben Johnson and, and Aaron Glenn as well. Um, tell me about Mike McDonald. Tell all everybody about Mike Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver. Yeah, well, good to be back on with you. Happy New Year. But you too. I think when you, when you take a look at those two, it's it's interesting, right? Because they're very different candidates. You got one of the game's hot young names in, in Mike McDonald who has been with the Ravens organization, or I should say with a Harbaugh for the last decade, right? He left for just a year, two years ago, to serve as Jim's defensive coordinator at Michigan and had a ton of success, that John was like, you know what? A year later, you're coming back once Wink Martindale left. So he's just been incredible. And, and when, you, when you think about what they just accomplished, too, as a team, uh, the triple crown, if you will, it's never been done in league history. They led in the following categories, sacks, takeaways, and points allowed. And they've had injuries, especially in the secondary. They've, he's found a way to use Kyle Hamilton like the unicorn that they thought he might be when they drafted him 14th overall a couple of years ago. He's going to have a chance to be an all-pro, uh, first-time Pro Bowl honoree as well in year two. So it's just, um, you know, the sacks have come in a, in a – in bunches, when you take a look at Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy having career years at their ages, and then on top of that, Justin Matabike is going to get paid um, in a contract year. It's just been at all three levels, and I haven't even mentioned the star power that is at, at inside linebacker with Roquan and Patrick being being um, you know Pro Bowl guys themselves. So there's no doubt he's he's going to get a bunch of different looks. You would think over the next few days during the bye. I get the sense that he's a very calculated person, Kevin. So I think he's not going to leave for just the, the first gig that comes his way. I don't know if he's going to wait as long as Eric DaCosta did for Ozzy to step aside, meaning if, if he wants to be the head coach of the Ravens, it's, it's probably going to have to wait for a while. It cer- certainly looks like you know John's not going anywhere. He's just 61, and you know in, in coaching years you can go and, until you croak. But – Anyway, as far as Anthony Weaver's concerned, he's been around a little bit longer than Mike. He's the associate head coach to John right now and also the defensive line coach. So he deserves a a ton of praise in the sack department as well. It's been a really successful effort for that group. Uh, He's also gotten a a bunch of love. He's universally respected. It's probably only a matter of of when, not if, both those guys get opportunities from around the league. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, what what kind of gig are they going to want to move forward with? Which of the two – strikes you as more head coaching material versus just unbelievable X's and O's coordinator? So it's interesting. Mike is about as buttoned up as you can possibly be. Like, you remember Wink Martindale, obviously. Of course. And now you've definitely gotten you've gotten to see him closer. You guys have had so many. I mean, McDonald, Martindale, um, you know, going back in the day, uh, you had Marvin Lewis, obviously, for the first Super Bowl, but Rex Ryan was there. Uh, Dean Pease was there. Like, there have just been an incredible run of sort of defensive minds. For real. And, and I think, you know, as much as Harbaugh probably held on and was a little bit too loyal to Greg Roman, I would say, for, for an extra year, I think his, his hiring practices and the approach that he takes to that probably isn't discussed enough. But to get back to the, the question, I want to compare Wink and Mike because they're vastly different people, especially it starts and ends with, with their personalities. Like, Wink was your classic one-liner, a media's best friend. Yeah. So Mike is, is like Harbaugh. Like, he's extremely buttoned up, extremely calculated, and just all business. And so I think that translates pretty well to today's coaching atmosphere in, in an environment that's going to be a complete overhaul, which is your market, and which is what Josh Harris is trying to do. I think it'd be a great fit. I mean, Mike is – you know what? I had Jimmy Smith on, former Super Bowl-winning Raven cornerback. Right. I uh, was with the organization for a long time. He just retired a couple years ago. I had him on the pregame show this past weekend. And he told me that that he thinks 
that Mike could benefit from another year uh, as a defensive coordinator, and he thinks that he's not going to jump at the first opportunity that comes his way. Who knows? Uh, is there an is there a, a rumor out there about how they're looking at Joe Hortiz potentially for GM, or what, what's going on there? Hortiz, I, I mentioned this, he has not been on the list that they've reached out to uh, to request an interview with. I mean, I actually thought about him as it relates to Jim Harbaugh in particular, if he were to come here to be close to John so the family, the parents don't have to travel as much. You know, there's there's been some conversation around that as maybe a distant possibility of why Jim would would actually look at Washington favorably. And then then you look at, you know, a guy like Ortiz, you know, who um, you know, is is working for, you know, DaCosta and you know, everybody uh, in that incredible front office. But but back to Weaver versus McDonald. McDonald's super young, right? Is he is he th- in, in his early 30s? Mid. Mid 30s. And then Weaver got the associate head coach title along with the D-line coach, um, which obviously speaks to they didn't want to lose him last year. Exactly. Right. And so I think it's only a matter of time that, that he's going to get a look. I mean, he, he is universally respected, whether it was from his time in Houston, whether it's when he's, what he's done in Baltimore or prior to those stops. And, and when you take a look again, when you take a look at the success, sure, they've had some interior run issues for sure on the defensive line, but this is a defense by all stretch and by all marks as bona fide top five and just about every single category and I mentioned the triple crown mark that had never been been done before you know leading the league in in sacks takeaways and points allowed so he has a hand in that he's a veteran very well-spoken guy another calculated person I know John has a ton of respect for him which is why he slapped that tag on him and uh, at some point here I, I think the big conversation in Baltimore right now Kevin is is sure the opportunity to win and the sense of urgency that that comes with it right now being that the AFC is more more wide open than it ever has been just based on injuries and teams not performing the way that we're used to seeing, particularly in, in Kansas City, is one thing. But then you add on, there could be a ton of changes to this coaching staff because McDonald and Weaver aren't the only ones that are getting looks. Todd Munkin's being interviewed by multiple teams. Yeah. And uh, you never know, T. Martin, the quarterback's coach, who's had a ton of success and obviously now coached Lamar to – but not potentially. We all think we all know it's going to be his second MVP. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some looks. So there could be a ton of turnover, which is why that sense of urgency. There's an uptick right now, and that the window is now. Just out of curiosity, and maybe you haven't even thought about this, but if Washington were to hire McDonald or Weaver to be their head coach, does any OC immediately jump to mind that would make sense that they would be looking for? Yeah. <sighs> It doesn't. It's all right. I haven't really thought about it much. I thought about the, the initial thought that comes to mind. Again, I have not thought about it much, but the initial one that comes to mind is hiring from within, like like At Martin, um, like some of these George Godsey, you know, tight ends coach. Like he has a staff that he that he's put together. That I'm telling you, there, there's a bunch of candidates that could be done internally. That said, they went external, and it's really paid off for them in year one. Todd has been pushing all the right buttons. Yep. This offense has been humming. And, God, I mean, they, they didn't even – the crazy thing is they've blown out teams, but they have not played a perfect game in the regular season, which bodes well for what's to come. Yeah, by the way, for those that don't know, Chris Horton is their special teams coach in Baltimore, and their special teams have been awesome all year long. Chris Horton played here, was drafted here, uh, and famously Jim Zorn said about one of his injuries, he said Chris Horton has a sesamoid. We had to all look up what that was. Um, we're talking, talking to Bobby Trossett, who hosts the best. Hit. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to do the same after this. Yeah. Hit. I have no idea what you just said. Bobby Trossett hosts the best Baltimore Ravens podcast. Uh, it's the Vault uh, with co-host Sarah Elson. So, real quickly. This team, I mean, destroyed every good team. The 49er performance was amazing, and it was topped by the performance over the Dolphins. Who scares you if anybody does in the AFC? Like, who don't you want to see come into M&T Bank for one of the two games? I don't see how you can't say Cleveland, you know, because we know Joe 
Flacco is playing with absolutely nothing to lose. The guy's been sensational, and to me, he's the comeback player of the year. You stack him up with a defense that is as good as anybody and extremely stout, especially against the run, which is still the Ravens' bread and butter. Don't don't get it twisted. Todd has come in, and no doubt they've taken strides in the pass game, but they're still a run-first offense, even without J.K. Dobbins and Keaton Mitchell. So, And they just brought in – I don't know if you saw this, Kevin, but they just brought in Dalvin Cook who's going to have a chance to be on the on the playoff roster over Melvin Gordon because he fumbled last weekend, which has been a major issue for him in his career. So, yeah, I, I would say Cleveland. And then after that, who, who would I want to see if I'm a Ravens fan? I think Pittsburgh, solely based on uh, T.J. Watts got, got issues injury-wise, and it's really difficult. I know it's in division. I know it's the storied rivalry, but it's really difficult, as you know, to beat a team three times, which – Pittsburgh would have to do if they meet up in the divisional round with them. Great job, as always. Really appreciate it. Uh, have fun enjoying playoff games in January with a potential Super Bowl in Vegas in February. I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you. Uh, I hope you guys do okay and endure yet another rebuild. Hopefully this is the one, though. <laughs> Bobby Trossett, everybody. Hopefully this is the one. Uh, all right. Um, we have not had a chance to get to Uh, the playoffs, uh, and some of the things that happened on the final Sunday of the NFL season, including what happened in New Orleans at the end of that game. Uh, Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.